I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Gabby Roslin Podcast. Hello. Thank you for tuning in to that Gabby Roslin Podcast. Now, I promise you, this episode will make you laugh out loud with the fabulous Paul O'Grady. We chat about Lily Savage, the difficulties facing the entertainment industry, winning his BAFTA, Liverpool humour, and his admiration for those who fought and died in the war. Plus, the brilliant drag queens he's worked with, his dear friendship with Cilla Black, Barbara Windsor, Jackie and Joan Collins. Yes, all of them. We talk about all of them. Also, in case you're wondering who Vera is, well, that's his best friend, Alan, also known as Vera, Lily Savage's sister. This chat was recorded just before the launch of Paul O'Grady's Great British Escapes, which is now available on ITV Hub and is a joy to watch. Off air, Paul was ranting, and I mean really ranting, about modern technologies. So that's where this chat starts. Pre-warning, there is a bit of swearing in this one. And these bloody Zooms, when there's about 10 on it, and you think, I don't know who I'm talking to here, and I don't know who's talking to me. Yeah, I agree with you about Zoom. It's a nightmare. Listen, Gabby, when people say to me, can you scan something on the um, scan? I say, no, I can't, because so many have gone through the window. I, I just won't go with it, near it anymore. <laughs> I love you. Fax machines used to go out the back door like you wouldn't believe. Flung uh, with a great force. And, that, and it's, I've gone through, I can't tell you how many printers, because they're all crap. <laughs> Where are they all now? Oh, they're all in the bin. I've got a new one now. And um, that thing, I, no, I haven't been near it. I, I, I refuse point blank to go anywhere near it. Unless I have a, a general anaesthetic first and a Valium, <laughs> I will not go near that godforsaken devil's own work that's in there, sitting there looking at me, refusing to bloody print, copy, do anything. Do you know Ugh. what this is reminding me of? You early morning. This is early morning, Paul. That I remember. This is this is savage. This is Lily. Sa- this is how I first met you. Oh well, I tell you what, she took me over tonight. So I've, I've just cleaned. The, <laughs> I've just cleaned the front room, and I think, where the hell have these cobwebs come from? My front room is like a Roman orgy with spiders all having it <laughs> off all over the place. Cobwebs all over the gaff. Corpses of cobwebs where the females have killed them. It's like a battle zone. How do you get rid of your cobwebs? With the Uber. Oh, you don't? Do you not have a feather duster? No. Have I hell got a feather? My dogs, they think they think it was a chicken. It wouldn't last five minutes. It'd be shredded. Do they still have feather dusters these days? 
Listen, if you go on the internet, Gabby, you can get whatever you want. Believe you me, and I'm sure somewhere you'll find a feather duster and a French maid to go with it, a French maid's <laughs> outfit. I'm not going to Google that because that'll come straight back and haunt me forever. Oh, you get messy, you get email. You know, if you look at something, I'm not talking about something rude, but if you look at anything, you guarantee you'll get an email about something similar. Have you noticed that? Oh, it freaks me out. If you go on Instagram and you start talking about sausages, for example... You then suddenly get adverts for sausages. They're listening in. I've had adverts for hearing aids. You're kidding me. <laughs> no, the hearing aids. Yeah, there was, it comes up quite often, this one about hearing aids. I think, no, I'm fine, thanks. I'll let yes, you know. <laughs> I'll let, you'll be the first to know when I go Mutton Jeff. I, I promise you faithfully. <laughs> yeah, you won't. You listen, you're honest about it all. That's why I love you. How are the dogs? How are the animals? Yeah, they're all fine. I've been out, I'm out filming at the moment. Of course, you've been filming your brand new ITV show, haven't you? Oh, God, we're all over the place filming all manner. I've been on the lot, steam trains, you name it. I've flown over in a Spitfire. I've got, not a Spitfire, a Tiger Moth, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Did you enjoy it? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. <laughs> Yeah, and so uh, so it's full on, you know. It's like quite some of it's quite physical actually, and then and of course it's you know when you're yakking nonstop, blah, 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 blah. and also then the social in, uh, distancing, which when you're in a confined space with an eagle on your arm, it's quite impossible to tell you the truth. And all this, and I'm I'm on the vape at the moment. I've gone on the vape. So you have you really don't smoke cigarettes anymore? No, I'm on vapes. I'm, I've got this vape. I've got a drawer full of vapes. Julian Clary bought me a vape and all the equipment to go with it for Panto and I persevered, but they were fruit flavoured. I'm not an elf. I don't want a blackberry ciggy. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I want something that tastes like a fang and doesn't belch out gallons of smoke like Maleficent's dragon. I don't, you know, when you see people in the streets, you on fire? <laughs> and they don't even look. And then you get those awful long plastic things that don't look like ciggies <laughs> at all and they glow and everything. And you're, you're sucking on them. I tell you what, your chest might clear up, but you get piles at the end of the week because you need that <laughs> damn good suck to get a drag out of these vapes. You really do. And you, you have, you look like Marlene Dietrich by the end of it because you've got these hollow cheeks <laughs> with this plastic thing. So I got this. It's a tiny little one. It's very unusual. It's tiny. It's and you put the oil in and all that. It looks like a tab end actually. <laughs> so. So you can have a, a hit on it if you want, and um, but it's so strong, it's tore the throat out of me. I seriously think these vapes, I don't think they're good for you because you swap one addiction for another. Do you miss smoking then? Do you miss cigarettes? Oh, God, too right. I, you know, you dream about it, smoking. You were tiny, though, when you started, weren't you? You were really young. Oh, terrible. We all, we all, listen, it was compulsory in our school <laughs> <laughs> to smoke. And then because everybody else, this is typical of me, everybody else was, I wasn't. Isn't that funny? You know, because everybody else, yeah, I didn't. That's, but that's you through and through. Yeah, exactly. Being contrary, in other words. So I said, no, I'm not. And it was sort of, I think when we were teenagers, you know, and you go to a club and all that. And, uh, <laughs> and you think somebody would have a five-park drive or something. <laughs> so you'd have one, vomit your guts up because <laughs> oh, it tasted so God. vile. But I'm so pleased you're not smoking. You know, I'm quite bossy with you, really. And I, no, I you... couldn't be bothered. No, I've got me little, me tiny vape. And the other thing is, because it's so small, I keep losing it. <laughs> I go into, where's that thing? It's uh, like, rooting through all my pockets. I'm like um, 
a baby with a dummy, go, have a little suck on it, and then, ugh, God, that's disgusting. Why don't you put it on a chain around your neck? Oh, give over. Put it round, chain round my neck. No, God, no. Imagine that on the telly. People say, what's that around his neck? Oh, that, that's his German vein. See, Lily would, Lily would have it around her neck. Lily wouldn't give up. She'd tell everyone where to go. Oh, bless her. People want entertainment. I've decided I don't. I don't watch the news. I don't watch those. Ga- I, you know, I hear it in the morning, and I just don't want to know by the afternoon because it just brings me down. And people want entertainment. You joined Instagram, didn't you, in lockdown and everything? What you're about is about entertainment. It's about the real stories of the which everybody loves the dogs and Battersea. Of course they do, and they love all of your stories. And they, you know, when you did the, as you know, I love the NHS um, celebrations that you did last year. All of those things. But people want to be entertained, and that's what you are. You're an entertainer. I don't... I, well, after lockdown, you sort of think, I don't know what the purpose in life is anymore. It's very strange. Do you really feel that? Well, a lot of people feel that who are in the business. You know, you know, it's, I, my heart... Uh, yeah, you know, they're, they're so used to working. And, of course, and when they're not working, they're always in dance studios rehearsing and doing this, that and the other, or learning new skills. So everything was taken away from them. So imagine you just come out of drama school and you're all ready to go, bang, taken off you. And all these theatres closed, no pantos, nothing like that. And all these kids, you know, so ent- I don't know, what is entertainment now? Talking to somebody on the internet or Instagram. Yeah, but they, but they you know, as you know, people love your stories. I mean, when we were live every week, they just wanted more and more and more of your your old stories because people want... Escapism. I tell you what, I was talking to a fella yesterday at a railway station in Tenterton <laughs> and um, he was putting Santa sanitizer on and he said to me, I hope you've got yours on, Paul. And I said, oh, what? And sanitizer. I said, I'm on 10 bottles a day. And he said, you're not. I said, I am. I said, it's not too bad if you mix it with a bit of tonic. <laughs> <laughs> he like, looked at me like, I said, I'm only joking. <laughs> But I always wear a mask. All the crew have got masks on. Everybody's got a mask on. We have to do it. We've yeah. got to do it, you know. But, you know, on baking hot days, especially when I had waders on, I won't even go there. Why did you have waders on? You'll have to wait and see, won't you? <laughs> it's not kinky. Um, <laughs> I had these waders on, rubber gloves. It gets better, washing up gloves <laughs> and the face mask. And it was possibly one of the hottest days we had recently. <laughs> what were you doing? OK, let, uh, let me try and guess. So is it anything to do with sheep giving birth? You don't wear rubber waders for sheep giving birth. <laughs> what do you think you're going to do? Put your foot in. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God. You have a, like a big, long plastic sleeve. But when I delivered my little lamb, uh, I didn't because I, I didn't expect it. I, you know, I didn't expect it was going to happen so soon. But you went full could... in, didn't you, with your arm? Well, his leg was sticking out, so I knew he was breached. So I thought, I've got to go in and turn him, and I did, and he slipped out. I mean, it was it was a bit of a shock, I'll give you that at first. But when he slipped out, it was fantastic. I couldn't oh. believe it had happened. I couldn't believe I'd managed it. You should have been a vet or something, should I'd like you? to have been a vet. I didn't have the qualifications. And besides, you know, when we left school, all we wanted to do was get a job and earn some money and go out, you know, and that was it. That was your, that was your life, <laughs> to go to work, earn some money, get a suit from Burton's that you paid God knows what for uh, every week. <laughs> <laughs> that you lived in, and out you went. Is that absolutely how you saw? You you didn't have dreams, hopes and ambitions? No, none of us did. <laughs> Quite happy with our lot, you know what I mean? Off we toddle off. That was your life, that's what you did. But then it all changed so dramatically for you. 
Oh, God, constantly changed by every week at one stage. It's just like, what's happening next? It was like, obviously, it was like an episode of the Lucy show. <laughs> it just, just <laughs> used to get wilder and wilder. But if you look back on it now, it's just, I mean, your stories of playing the clubs and being Lily and how Lily came about and and then getting into television, they are in itself, and I love your books, obviously. You know I love your books. It it reads like a draw. It doesn't... It's like a bad soap, but it's, sadly it's true. <laughs> this is the thing. You know, and you, you have good... Well, that's life for you, isn't it? You have bad times, you have good times. There you go. I'm a pessimist, seriously, I am, because I think if you don't expect anything, you're not disappointed. But if you go in there with high hopes, mad high hopes, and, of course, the fall's nasty... So it's best. And then if something like, you know, when I got the BAFTA, I thought, I won't get this. I'd convinced myself. Everyone was saying, oh, you're going to get this. I said, no, no, I won't get this. And I was quite happy thinking that. And then when I got it, you know, it's quite pleasant. It just comes as a genuine shock. Did you really not think? I mean, you knew No, that. I thought they won't give the BAFTA. They the tea time show with a dog sat on the desk. <laughs> I mean... Because the tea time show then was the ghost slot, don't forget. You know, it was like that five to six slot was um, this but any old thing in. <laughs> and that was one of the any old things that got slung in there. Would you do it again? I mean, we've had, as you know, you and I, have, everyone keeps saying, oh, you and Gabby have got to do a five o'clock show yeah. together. But Well, it's all quiz shows now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like that sort of what things move on, things change, you know, everything's circular and off it goes. And of course, now it, it's gone into quiz show territory. I dare say, in, in, I don't know when, that will fade and something else will come along. That's the nature of the beast. You know, that's how you move on. People want to laugh. They really do. And I know. what makes you laugh? <laughs> this is going to sound terribly evil. <laughs> Go on. I know what you're going to say now. <laughs> something shocking happens to Vera. I roll the place down. <laughs> <laughs> You like it when people hurt themselves, like walking into a tree or falling down a hole. Oh, no, now, you see, isn't it funny how you change over the years? Now I'd rush over and say, you're OK, and I'd feel the pain. The worst thing you can say to me is I've got toothache because instantly I will feel the pain for you and I'll fret. How's your tooth? I drive people with toothache mad because they try and forget about it and I'm going, how's your tooth? Are you OK? Have you taken anything for me? Shut up! You've changed! Yeah, you, you no, weren't I, like that. I know. You loved slapstick before. You loved a bit. No, I know. Isn't it funny how you sort of change? You get. I've gone a bit. I hate to say that tender. <laughs> oh my god. Have I, El? They still believe you, me. They're still, like, lurking there in the background, ready to pounce <laughs> at a moment's notice. Pure evil. But when you look back at all those, the, some of the situations that you've been in, what? Who's made you properly pee your pants funny? There used to be. I mean, you see, when I worked the pubs, there were some fabulous drag queens knocking about. I mean, really, they're all not long. They're no longer with us now, sadly. There was the likes of Phil Starr, and he talked a bit like that, dear. You know what I mean? <laughs> and um, he was just a brilliant comic. You know, regardless to whether he was in drag or not, he was very, very funny. And we used to roar, and you'd get lots of drag acts like that. We'd roar ass, you know, they were real. They were sort of, they were quite old then, you know, and they probably, like, been in Soldiers and Skirts and stuff after the war, you know, and all those shows. Yeah. And they'd learned their craft, and they were brilliant. They could work anywhere and handle any audience and any heckler. They'd tear to shreds. 
And <laughs> they were so they were, you know, to watch them, they were craftsmen. They really were. They used to make me roll laughing. Hilda Baker used to make me howl laughing on the telly. Do you remember Hilda Baker? Yes, I do. She, I can't do it. It's that she had that. She's like, she's sort of like that. Hey, you mean? And all that <laughs> business. And <laughs> oh, she knows, you know. And she, um, Jean Ferguson, she's no longer with us. She did a fabulous play about her. It was amazing. It was just, and Jean was Hilda, you know, and it was so, I saw it from day one when she did a workshop and I followed it through. And we became great pals, me and Jean. And I was a big supporter of this place. I got her on telly on the chat show to do Hilda Baker and Cynthia. And, of course, there's only older viewers who knew who Hilda Baker was. But younger ones were fascinated at the idea. Because Matthew Kelly was a Cynthia. You know, she used to have the big, tall mute stood next to her who didn't say anything in drag. That was Matthew Kelly? Matthew Kelly was one at one time, yeah? No. Yeah, he was a, he was a Cynthia. She had quite a few so, well how did he So how did he start up then? He, was he stand-up? No, Matthew was part of um, of of the actors at the Everyman Theatre, like Julie Walters, you know, all that lot. He was part of that group. So before that, you know, he probably did The Last Knockings of Variety with Hilda. Yeah, he's had a very long career, Matthew, you know, and an illustrious one as well, you know. Oh, he's lovely. He's yeah, lovely he's a smashing man. fella. He really is a nice bloke. And his son's great as well. We've had a hoop, me and him, in Panto together. We've got terrible things. <laughs> that made really shocking. I remember Vera vomiting outside Chinese restaurants and we were screaming the place down like lunatics. Now, there, that's something that made me laugh. Watching your friend being sick. Well, somebody vomiting. <laughs> yeah, that makes me howl. I mean, it's, but then if it's too much, I'll wretch myself in sympathy because I can't clean my teeth first thing of the morning because I heave. <laughs> The whole family does. My sister's the same. As soon as the toothbrush goes in your gob, (laughs) (laughs) and that's all you hear all around the house. (laughs) And when he used to smoke, sometimes you'd have a fag and a swallow of tea, and the two did not go very well together. (laughs) But you've got funny bones. I think that people have funny bones. I think I was lucky with my luck growing up with my family and in a working class household with half of the merchant navy, the rest Irish farmers. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's, so it was a combination. And then, of course, you had all the neighbours and all, they were all characters in their own right. You didn't realise it at the time. It's only in retrospect when you think back and you think, you just were all laughing at some of the things that had happened. And, of course, it was just daily life for us. So you grew up with it. But did anyone say to you when you were younger... You, you've got to do this. You're so funny. I mean, no, they must have. No, you weren't considered funny. <laughs> you know, we did. Listen, every party you went to, there was a comic in the kitchen cracking jokes, and they should have been on stage. Me auntie Chrissy should have been on stage. Really? Because she was very dry. You know, and the thing she used to come out and all these expressions. I won't repeat half of them on here, but oh, I'm, you can repeat like, them. You can. It's podcast. You can. Well, you know, if, you know, if like somebody was a martyr, you know, moaning. Oh, and then of course I went to the hospital, and the doctor said I'll put you on these and see how. And me auntie Chrissy say, Oh, for God's sake, get off the cross we need the wood (laughs) 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 oh she'd say if it was hot you know she'd just come off the buses she'd say oh my god i'm sweating like a hooer in confession here you know and all all this kind of (laughs) and you didn't even laugh you know because it was day-to-day speech do you use or do you use all those characters then when you when you started out did you think of all those things that they said and just build on i use their expressions yeah Quite a lot of them, yeah, because they hadn't really been heard down south, you know, things like that. And they are off the wall. I mean, 
I'm not hungry because he's an unsaucy the convent railings. I mean, really? <laughs> I mean, really? When your auntie says that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but I didn't flinch, you know, because it all the time. This is it. So, but of course, it's osmosis. You absorb all this stuff. It all gets taken in, and and actually, then you're in a different environment years later, and you come out with something like that, and people are screaming, <laughs> and you wonder why. You know, it's just. And I've got mates who talk like that. So I've got mates who are very funny, and they don't realise it. You know, <laughs> but I love scousers. I'd love scousers. I just think. The people from that area, from all around the area, just, they have this great outlook on life. They really do. And it's very dry as well, you know, like, you know, it's very, like, quite spiky humour, some of it. It's very funny, and the expressions they have. But I always admired them when I think back now to my lot, you know. What they went through, I'm filming this, you know, because the southeast here, this was known as Hell's Corner because it was so bad with the German bombers. And you think back and you think, how the hell did my mother cope at like 19 with two babies living 10 minutes from the dock road and the shipbuilders? How the hell did she cope and get up and go to work in the morning? How? How did they do it? How did my dad go to Normandy straight off an Irish farm and find himself at the D-Day landings? How? Him and hundreds and millions of others, how did they do it, you know, and get on with life? It, it, it's really sunk in making this series, all this, of thinking about it. It's very odd. I've sort of gone back in time a bit. But it actually, it's, you know, what? if you were to say it to kids of today who are, you know, if you say it to a 12-year-old now, that, that things like that happened, they are so used to their phone and they're so used to everything being accessible and being able to do anything, talk to anyone use everything but you're saying about a young man going over to the D-Day landings would have any idea what was going on outside of his four walls and then never mention it when he comes home never mentioned it I can recall three occasions when my dad spoke about the war my mother said plenty <laughs> if anything German came on the telly or anything like that she'd be <laughs> off but your dad never said anything no none of them did very little you know, very little, spoke about it very little. And you don't know whether that was the horrors of it, of what they saw. I remember me dad saying that he couldn't swim, me dad. And, of course, he's, there he is in, in the, the channel or whatever. And, and he's got his rifle held above his head with his backpack on, great heavy boots, his uniform, going through the water with the water coming up above his chin. I seeing soldiers who drowned floating past him. That, I remember him telling me that and me being horrified as a kid. And that was it. But anyone listening to this, my dad wasn't the only one who who did that, who couldn't swim or whatever, and was put in that situation and saw his friends floating past Ed. You know, there's there's so many men. And this is why I say, when people go, I'm not buying a poppy, blah, blah, blah. I said, buy a bloody poppy. Because if it wasn't for these people, you'd be under the jackboot now, now, in a camp or God knows what. And it's true, you know, there was, you realise just how brave, especially down here on the southeast, dealing with it all, the, the defence was incredible. I don't know how they did it. I've got nothing but amazement for them. But you've always been very, you spend a lot of time being grateful for all sorts of things, don't you? You don't take things for granted. Oh, God, no. No, not at all. You know, you have to think, you have to tell yourself sometimes, sometimes I'm, I'm sick of this house, you know, when the heating goes. <laughs> Or there's a mouse in the bedroom, or there's bats banging around, <laughs> and I'm fed up of this, or whatever. 
because that's that's living in the countryside for you, you know. And um, and then I think, God, I'm so blessed. You know, I really do. You know, I'm looking out the window now and I'm thinking, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm done bad. Do you know what I love about my house? There's nothing new in it except from the beds <laughs> and the fridge. Everything is from auction houses, second-hand shops and eBay. That's wonderful. <laughs> Isn't it? And you can you can furnish a house with really nice stuff. You can go to a posh shop and buy a wardrobe for four thousand pounds, designer one, or you can get a lovely nineteen thirties one for twenty five quid. I know which one I'd go for. Thank you very much. The twenty five quid. And me as well. And you get you know you give it a good old polish, clean it all up inside, maybe put a new rail inside, swank your clothes on. Bob, you don't. You've got really stylish Art Deco wardrobe that's cost you nothing. But that comes, that's what I mean about you being grateful. There's nothing flash, there's nothing, you, it's not like you take anything for granted and you're always, you're a stickler for thank yous and... Oh, you make me sound like, um, <laughs> right, oh, holy Joey, you're writing thank you letters. <laughs> no, but you are, you're grateful for what you've got. I've got, do you know what, I'll tell you how, how holy, I've got a bag full of papers, uh, letters down here and um, bills I haven't paid. Soon I'll have no lucky and no water. <laughs> <laughs> and because I haven't got, I get in, you know, you get in from work and you think, oh God, I'll have something to eat. And then you're knackered and you think, oh, and I'll have, to, we'll have to do, I'll have to do a bit of washing for tomorrow, <laughs> you know. And normal things. It makes me laugh when people uh, think if you're on the telly, we're all lying on chaise longs, champ, uh, Buyula, peel me a grape, you know what I mean? Always, getting ferried around. <laughs> I mean, I get people say to me in supermarkets, what are you doing in here? I say, shoplifting, what do you think I'm doing in here? And they're, <laughs> and they're like, look at me. I say, would you mind moving? I've got a turkey up me jumper here, thank you. Steve Frosted <laughs> as well, I'm running down my legs. But they say, don't you have something to do it for you? Go, no. In lockdown, you did it. You were doing it all with your bare feet. You kept saying you look, your feet had changed shape because you went barefoot everywhere and looked after well, animals. Well, I, still, I, t- I told you I went feral. I still am slightly feral now. <laughs> it's changed me, and along with a, a lot of other people as well, you know, people with far superior intelligence to me and more interesting lives. It's changed them as well. It must have changed you as well. It's changed everyone. Oh, God, yeah. It's changed yeah. us all. You know, we're all sorts of... I don't, it's very odd. You know, everybody I talk to, I ask them the same question, has this changed you? And they all go, without hesitation, oh God, yeah. Because it was also a time for reflection, you know, because we all had time on our hands. You know, well, I did anyway. I mean, I'm not sure if I was in like a little council flat with nine kids. You know what I mean? I'd have time on my hands. But for those of us, and of course that can either, that can go two ways. They could be good memories or sad memories. And you start to resurrect all sorts of stuff. And you think, oh no, I have to shake that off. You know, and, and you go, right, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do the other. Yeah, but you're writing books. So you say, how are those books, how are the books going? Oh, well, they're kids' books. Uh, they're thoroughly enjoyable. <laughs> as I write them, I think, would I enjoy, I'd have enjoyed this as a kid? Would it have tickled me? Because lots of gags in it, you know, like for the kids and the, the villains. And they're very nice. They're nice kids. I'm really proud. The odd thing, Gabby, is when you start writing these things, you get very fond of your characters the villains included, and you get very picky about what they would and would not do. <laughs> and it's, it's true. And soap writers will probably understand this. And, 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 and actors who find themselves in a soap, they, you think, no, no, shouldn't do that. Nah, shouldn't wear that. Shouldn't say that. That's, and he definitely wouldn't do that. He might have a go at that. Shall I push him? And you do, and you think, oh, it's like playing chess with characters. It's fascinating. And then, of course, it's all for kids, so you've got to keep bringing it back all the time, but at the same time, not patronising. 
do you know it's it's a fine line writing kids books i really admire kids books writers it's not an easy job but when they put it onto the big screen because it will happen because i know what the idea oh, I is don't think so. no it will um you, they, will you be all precious about it and go no that's not what they do oh god that'd be a nightmare yeah but also you have to allow for theatrical license. You know, if they get a fabulous actor in or whatever who doesn't really look like the character you've written, then you have to concede and say, yeah, OK. So who's going to play the part then, apart from you? I'm not in it. it. You're not? No, I wouldn't want to ruin it. No, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> no. You wouldn't ruin <laughs> no, it. I'm really funny about me doing it. No. So who would you cast? Go on, anyone. Go on, cast anyone. I, give me a chance. It's not even gone out to print yet. They might say, this is a load of owl crap and fling it. And that's, that's your lot. Bye-bye, Enid Blyton. There you go. No, I'm they off. won't. But it's um it's it's been and of course they're not very long they're only thirty thirty to forty thousand words so again I have to watch myself because I'll go on and I'm mad for the villains I really am I get so fond of them and when it gets to the end anything they've got it off they're just they're just desserts now it's time for you know to pay the piper what can I do <laughs> well maybe they don't maybe you hang that over to the next book I, I've got different villains you know I don't want to get oh. bored with writing the same <laughs> one all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get bored easily? Oh, terrible, Gabby. Gabby, I've had more hobbies, as the sheds will testify. Yeah, I've done the lot. Calligraphy, oil painting, watercolours, pastel crayon, charcoal, pencil. No, I tried... Horry, stop, stop. I tried to get you doing painting when you had your heart attack and you told me quite... You just looked at me. There you were. I thought you were dead. And, and I just... I brought you a an easel and some oil paints and you just went am I that ill that was a while ago Gabby I was a lot younger <laughs> that was some of your rock and roll years you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> they're not rock and roll now I believe you I mean, it's rock and chair and sausage roll and that's your lot <laughs> that's what it is now but and, but and then you move to the countryside and you start to learn new skills. You know, you start to... I mean, it was hell at first. You know, Saturday night, stuck in. Oh, my God. Are you sure? I was pacing the floor like an old panther, thinking, no, <laughs> no, this can't... And imagining what was going on on all my favourite clubs and where the good lock-ins would be and all this business and, oh, my cronies. <laughs> <laughs> and then slowly, as you get older, I mean, you adapt, you know, you change, you do change. And you can I, I, you can change for the better or the worst, really. I don't. I think for me it's the worst because you find yourself. I mean, I've gone through the candle making stage. I've done that. I've made soap. <laughs> you do your cakes. Yeah, but I've always done that. That's like reading to me. That's not anything special. That's like part of life. Baking cakes. I tell you when I like baking a cake. Round about twilight in the autumn, when the kitchen's tidy and the radio's on, and nobody's annoying me. And everything's laid out ready for me, like the Duchess of Duke Street's kitchen mate. You know what I mean? It's all, or, you know, you lay out. My auntie Chris used to say, lay out your stall first. And I know what she means. Get everything, all your ingredients there for you. Because you'll be running around the, hand, the house with, with dough on your hands and what have you. <laughs> flour everywhere. So you get everything, your scales, your lots, your sieves, everything that you're going to need. Your measuring spoons, the lot. Lay out your stall and give yourself a nice bit of space. And if it's pastry, don't even bother if it's warm. <laughs> Seriously. You've changed, Savage. You've I, changed. I if Ronnie Wood could hear this now, he'd collapse. He would. He'd faint, <laughs> Ronnie. He'd be on his back now, his legs twitching. If, what, would, what would you do? <laughs> Seriously, if somebody said to you right now, oh, come on, there's a party, will you come? Depends on where it was, for a start, and depends who was, who was there. <laughs> 
I can't be bothered with the po-faced lot who are like saying, would you like some supper? I haven't come to eat supper. <laughs> and I can't quite get my head around supper. Supper to me is cheese on toast at 10 o'clock or a biscuit or a bag of crisps or whatever's lurking in the fridge that's edible. No, shepherd's pie. <laughs> Sat round a table with a dimly lit lamp hanging over the table and you're all drinking wine and talking about your offspring, the trouble with your new Range Rover. <laughs> The garden centre's closed round the car, a car you can, around the corner. You can't get a decent coffee on the high street anymore. <laughs> Have you seen Gwyneth Paltrow's new candle? <laughs> Shall we get one? Have you tried her new body butter on Goop? And you just think, I can feel my brain rotting quicker than heroin could ever possibly do if I was to ever go near the gym. <laughs> I think, and then you get you get the gay dinner parties as well, which is exactly the same. <laughs> Talking about you no, know, if you adopt a kid, I mean, I've had loads of journalists say to me, "Would you ever, uh, and Andre, ever consider of adopting?" So I've got a daughter of forty-seven, for God's sake. I've got a grandson who's fourteen. What the hell would I want to saddle myself for with a baby now at my age? Are you out of your minds? And I remember doing an interview with uh, with. Uh, for a gay magazine, he was a sweetheart. He was really young and really just knowing and enthusiastic. <laughs> you sort of feel like a cat with a mouse. It's dreadful, you know. And I said to him, I've got a daughter. And he said, oh, really? How did that happen? And I said to him, well, 10 pints of cider. <laughs> <laughs> Missing the tunnel bus and ending up in Bootle on the night bus. <laughs> Bob's your uncle. <laughs> I'm pleased that she's doing what she's so lovely at your party. Oh, that was such a fun party for your 60th, which was hasn't happened yet. Of course, of course. We, we, we all got the TARDIS, didn't we? <laughs> I got on to yeah, David Tennant's. I don't know how, um, but it, it, that was so lovely. And actually, you were saying about um, all the family, and they were. I think I spent. There were all sorts of people that I, I knew there from the industry, but I loved being with all of them. They were just the funniest bunch. But your daughter's so lovely. But they were such a funny bunch of people. Yeah, they are. I suppose. You see, I don't see it not as funny, you know. But to other people, they, you know, they'll say things. You see, <laughs> they'll come out with it. You see that I've been cursed with something called no filter. It's fantastic, <laughs> as you well know. And out it comes. It just comes out. You and Scylla together. Oh, God, don't. I mean, I remember being in a shop in America with her and I was trying on a pair of kecks, as we call them. I think Barney's in New York referred to them as designer trousers, but kecks to us. And Scylla shouted to me, do them kecks fit, Paul, top of her lungs? Well, of course, you could hear it on the sixth floor. And I shouted, no, God, no, they're massive. There's room for a friend in here. And there was a gang of English people going up the escalator and they heard us and it was miles away. And they came back down just to make sure. They thought, <laughs> did we hear right or is that a radio thing or something? And one of them was from Liverpool and he said his ear stood on end when he heard the word kecks. Oh, you two were such a double act, weren't you? My word. Oh, God, she was a hoose. She was great to work with because you could really say anything to her. You know, and she used to say and to she'd me, say anything, didn't she? She'd say she didn't care. Yeah, well, she'd say to me, you know, people say, oh, things you... She'd say to me, go on, don't forget now, don't be treating me like bloody China, she'd say, go into one. So, of course, she'd come on and i put a bin liner on the couch when she did 60 and all this business and how she was going to be the new face to tenor lady <laughs> and she'd be sitting there... <laughs> And like, and then she come out with some horrific story about me. And you just think, oh, so it was a boxing match between us, but a very friendly one. Oh, it's wonderful. 
which the audience, of course, loved. You know, they used to roar because you're getting an insight, so like a private life, really. Do you know I test my lungs um, by blowing the bugle? <laughs> so I have, not all the time, because the dogs aren't very keen, but um, I don't think, like, a lot of people are, really. So I do my Zeppa's gladiator ballet, <laughs> blow the bugle in the kitchen. With me head between me legs, it's a grand finale. Oh, my word. And if I can still do it, I'm made up of myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that, that's how I that's how I exercise my lungs, by playing Miss Mazeppa. The late Faith Dane, who, as you know, I was extremely fond of. Um, yeah, I do it. And I always think of her when I do it, which is a nice thing, isn't it? I was going to say, you bring so much joy you really do. But you can't take a compliment, can you? You can't. Oh, to, the, to people watching me doing the gladiator by yeah, and everything. The you just do. You, you, but I'm going to say it again. You can't take a compliment. Do you know what I've discovered I can do? I've got this. It's a Bluetooth speaker. And um, there's one in the kitchen and one in the bedroom. Get them on Amazon. They're not here. Um, <laughs> but you can go on your phone, you know, where you've got your music on it. And you can program it to come on in the kitchen. So I can, before I come down, I can play the Jaws music. Or I can play like um, some demonic music, like something from The Omen. Oh, no, I love it. <laughs> All that kind of stuff, <laughs> which tickles me, but drives everybody else. Because it's a bit... No, they'd be sitting there and they levitate with rice when all of a sudden this music was blaring out. Occasionally you might get the Mickey Mouse Club march. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when we lived in the flat years ago, there was um, me, um, Alan, and there was Angela, Angela Walsh. There were three of us. And every morning before we all set off for work to cheer ourselves, we used to have a march. <laughs> oh, God. We were only, for God's sake, 19. And we'd march around the front room with Vera at the helm with the brush, me on the bugle and Angela in the middle on cymbals to Barbara Streisand's before the tr- parade passes by. <laughs> Played full belt on the record player and then we go off to work. Oh, my God, what a fantastic picture. <laughs> Imagine it, three, all round the couch, three of us, like, like me, <laughs> singing our heads off. And But it, I tell you what, put you in a good mood for the day's work. I wake up, I wake up, my, my young, obviously the oldest is now at university, but, um, but I wake up my youngest and when my oldest is here, I go and sit on top of her and I sing musical theatre songs. And she just looks at me and goes, Mum, no. I go, what's wrong with that? And she, then she laughs. And I just think if that makes her laugh, I don't care if she's laughing at me, it, how nice to be able to leave the house with a smile on your face. Now I'm going to try and be a one man, what's, what are they called? One man one band. Band band. I, wouldn't advi- I wouldn't advise it, Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> It gets a lot older now. I probably wouldn't appreciate our mother coming in with a drum on her back and two cymbals <laughs> on her knees, blowing a kazoo. Do you know, you don't see them anymore, do you? you I've got one. Them. No. I have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was one of the relics from the Tea Time show, you know. Hold on a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You have a one-man band. I mean, you don't have you don't have the man with it. You've got no, the kit. I have the kit. Yeah, but the thing is, you have to have a, like you have to screw. Um, you have to have a pair of shoes where you screw things into at the heel. You know, so they operate cymbals and things. It's made for the show. Listen, I had loads of props from the tea time show. I've got rid of most of them. I had the TARDIS. I felt a bit. It was carried off in a four-scale wind. <laughs> I had all sorts of penny farthing bike. That's on the wall. <laughs> Prop rooms are glory holes. You go in there and it's just full of everything you've ever wanted. I want to 
want to go you, back to the one man band thing. I don't even know where it is. I've got a horrible feeling it was slung. It went, oh, you know, it went no. the way of um, a lot of stuff over lockdown. Well, I think that went away when we had the rats before lockdown. I must say, the rats had a one man band going in the barn, but they, they, uh, <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> one of them had a lovely voice, but the others, no, they weren't musical. <laughs> But they, they sort of did quite a lot of, you know, chewing. And you just think, ugh, for me, anything a rat's been on, straight in a bin, I'm sorry. I don't mind a pet white one if somebody's got one of them. Won't bother me at all. There's a guy that used to get on, in the days when I used to get the tube, because, of course, obviously now, not at the moment. With his on his shoulder. Yeah, he used to go on the tube with a the, with the rat. I remember a fella on the tube with a white rat on his shoulder. It's probably the same guy. Probably, yeah, because when did you last go on a tube? Well, before lockdown, so actually a few months. Uh, Gabby, I'll be honest with you, the last time I, uh, we'd been for a meal and we said, should we get the tube? And they all looked at me. <laughs> I said, go on, let's get, I want to get the tube home because I, I want, yeah, let's get the tube. Anyway, we got to the tube station. All the machines are gone where you put your money in and the fella had gone in the booth. Yeah, it used, they used to have like stalls that would say Camden Town and all the named stations and then it's say 4P. And they said, wait, you have to wave your credit card over that now. And I suddenly felt like about 200 or Cat Weasel. <laughs> because even when I was skint, I never used to go on the tube. I'd either walk or get the bus because they used to like sitting up the front of the bus with a fag on and a copy of the Daily Minute and a pack of crisps. <laughs> <laughs> And that was me going oh to work, <laughs> or whatever paper really that they had in the local news agency. So the last time you were on the tube, it was still shillings and pence. No, and a, and a... God, I was a paper boy when they went decimalisation. I didn't even come to <laughs> London, and that was another because I was selling papers and would you believe ciggies around the hospital? What in the hospital? Um, yeah, Gabby, I was fourteen. We're going back in time here. You know, we're not talking last week. Maternity, they used to, I, should, I wasn't allowed on the ward. I used to have to stand at the end and shout, Echo, which was the Liverpool Echo. And um, all, the women who could come down who could walk um, and buy paper and some of them buy sickies. You know, people, you didn't think anything of it then, Gabby. It was different times. I remember people smoking on aeroplanes and in the cinema. I remember my because my mum was a heavy smoker and, and just everywhere she'd never... She never did. You could didn't. smoke on the tube, you know, and the, and like, but the trains always had a smoking carriage, which to make, which always made sense. It stunk, so you go in there and you come straight out. And you think, God, no, I'll hang on, thanks. Rather than yeah, but aeroplanes used to used to be able to smoke at the back of an aeroplane, oh, so yeah. everyone would have to walk through that. Yeah, you'd have to go to the back if you want to go to the toilet. You'd walk through. It was just ridiculous, really. I mean, even as a smoker, I never liked smoking in a restaurant. They used to think that was disgusting. Especially people who smoke between courses, I think, oh, for God's sake, can't you hang on? That is, yes. Oh, my God. Do you know what? Isn't it weird how you get used? They say it's 21 days to to break a habit or make a habit. So and it, how long has it been since you couldn't smoke in restaurants? I mean, it would feel well, so I mean, imagine alien like, now. Lighting up a ciggy in a restaurant, you know, even outdoors, it's like, do you mind? Do you blow smoke at me face? It's, I remember years ago being up, well, this is many years ago, uh, early 20s and my friend was smoking on the beach in LA and somebody coming up to her and saying to her, what do you think you're doing? And she said, I'm on a beach, it's open air. And this person went absolutely mad. Yeah, but that's LA, isn't it? You know what they're like over there. I only ever used to go, if, if we were over there, go over to see Jackie Collins because, you know, we were pals, so I'd go and see Jackie. What was she like? Oh, Jackie was fabulous, Gabby, fabulous. She was just wonderful, Jackie Collins. She was such a good friend. Honestly, she was lovely. When when Murphy was really ill, she'd ring me every night nearly. Aww. 
or she'd send me an email because she'd been through the same thing with her, her fellow Frank. That's so lovely. Yeah, and you know she she was so good, and every time she came over, she you know she'd say let's do lunch, and we would, you know, she'd always have somebody interesting with her, and. I didn't know she was even ill, and I was in Borneo, putting my shoes on, about to go and film with the orangutans, and I look at, you know, they have the banner that goes underneath on the telly on Sky News. Yeah. Um, I looked up and it said, Jackie Collins dead. I couldn't believe it. And I came down, all the crew were staring at me, you know, blank-faced, because they knew. And I said, come on, let's go to work, for God's sake. We haven't come here for me to sit in a... What am I going to do? What would Jackie do? So come on, and off we went to work. But so sad. She was such a lovely woman. What an awful way to find out about a friend of yours. I know, shocking, isn't it? But it's often how the, you know, the case is. Are you friendly with her sister? Are you friendly with Joan? Jo- I know Joan well, yeah, very well. I mean, and you know, she's worked with everybody, for God's sake. <laughs> Everyone, you know, you name it. Joan knows them or she's worked with them or she's slept with them or she's been to a party with them or whatever. She's just, she's iconic, Joan Collins. She really is. She really is. And she keeps going and she looks fabulous. She's old school. Oh, yeah. she's proper old school. You know, Barbara Windsor's proper old school oh, as well. She was another one, Barbara. Love her. Well, we Poor both know Barb. her. She's a very dear friend of both of ours. And yeah, she's, uh, she's she's a good lady. A really, really she good is. lady. I know. Oh, she's fabulous. My auntie Annie was a wise one, you know. She always used to say, remember the past, but don't live in it. Oh, true. That's so true. It's so true, you know, when I think about our Annie saying that now, she'd say, remember the past, lad, but don't live in it. You know, don't hark back to it. Move forward. And that was sort of the working class ethic. I don't know what it's like now, but the aim of the game then was to better yourself, you know, to get on in, in life. That that was it. But live each day, celebrate each day and don't live in the past. Oh, my darling, thank you for this. You've just been amazing. No, you're very welcome. Yeah, we put the worlds to rice. And I'll tell you what I'm not doing, like you, stop watching the news, no, stop reading don't papers. watch it. Don't watch it after midday. That's my thing I tell everybody. Wake up in the morning, hear the news and then go, right, I'm getting on with today and I'm going to celebrate today and I know it's really tough for a lot of people oh you're telling me I can't now Gabby that you know there are limits I can't wake up in the morning sunny saying I'm going to celebrate the day really and then whistle a happy you tune. need me sitting on top of you singing musical theatre I'd kill you <laughs> <laughs> I'd go for your throat immediately <laughs> I don't wake up Gabby I'm exhumed seriously <laughs> I have a man who comes and bangs on me lid and tells me it's safe to go and then runs. And then, then I'm up there and I'm like, hissing. It's like a cat that's been kept in a sack for 24 hours and suddenly released. <laughs> I'm getting a lot better. Well, look, we all have our faults and if we don't admit them, nobody will ever get anywhere. You know, nobody's oh, perfect. Do you know, every single time I speak to you, I honestly, I... I'm exhausted purely because I never laugh as much as when I talk to you. Oh, give oh over. my God, you just make me laugh. And that's just carry on making me laugh. And I'll speak to you very soon. And thank you for this, my darling. No, you're welcome. And listen, everyone, look after yourselves, yeah? You know, and don't be panicking and what have you. And take care of your loved ones. Bless you. I'm going on eBay to look for a tin ass and a gas mask. And I'm going <laughs> to, I am, I'm going to sit in the corner of the room and shout downstairs, tell me when it's the 2nd of January. <laughs> Thank you, my darling. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. That Gabby Roslin podcast is proudly produced by Cameo Productions. Music by Beth Macari. 
please press the subscribe button and it will come straight to your phone on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you choose to listen. Also, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Yeah.